It's the Donna Sugar Show. Oh, yes. It's, it's everything. It's everything. It's high heel shoes. It's makeup. It's wigs. It's, it's video games. It's movies. It's, it's Dungeons and Dragons and World of Warcraft. It's, it's about me. The podcast is about me. You should know this. You downloaded the Donna Sugar Show. Yes. Oh, God. This voice. I, I sound like the author. Yes. Oh, I need a nap. Well, hello, darlings. This is Donna Sugars. Yes. And welcome to the Donna Sugars Show. So, darlings, obviously, I sound a lot different. Well... That's because I forgot my microphone in Buffalo, and I am currently in Southern California. Um, so I bought this one online because it was highly recommended for podcasters and streamers. And um, this sounds awful, so <laughs> I'm going to try to play with it more and see if I can get it to work. But if it doesn't, I'm going to have an emergency uh, microphone shipped from a buffalo tier because yeah i want to make sure that i sound my best for you the only interesting thing that this microphone does is look 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 i can turn on an echo i feel like it's a church choir sing praise to him alone he is the king that's born to us this day oh goodness yeah let's turn that down oh Sorry, it's the first song that came to my head. I'm sorry, it's too early for Christmas, but it's just the first thing that came to my head. And now that I'm, like, listening back, I probably should have, like, maybe sang WAP or something. Oh, I should try singing WAP with an echo. Uh, So, darlings, last two weeks have been crazy. Uh, Last week, I worked very hard to get the Halloween production of Theater in the Mist Campfire Tales uh, out. Um, it was 90 minutes of <laughs> organized chaos. This show consisted of um, over a dozen performers uh, recording stories, sending them to me, and me editing them together with uh, making sure that they were all kind of at the same level. Um, a lot of work that... Uh, <laughs> was a lot of fun to do, but it took so much time. So I was so stressed trying to get that episode out uh, for their show to have it there before Christmas that um, I did not put out a show myself. Darlings, I am so sorry. I hate not giving you guys a show. Um, If you guys enjoy scary stories, please go over and and check them out. Anywhere that you can find uh, uh, the Donna Sugar Show, you can find Mist cast podcast it's m-i-s-t-c-a-s-t podcast um uh, <laughs> uh it's it's a fun show i think it's going to be interesting um i'm going to be hosting that as well we'll see how this goes uh, lots of extra work to do but it could be fun um the show is amazing i hope you guys enjoy that we're already kind of talking about christmas and i cannot wait to see what we do for christmas um <laughs> so uh we will wait and see what, what happens there. So, darlings, other than that, um, I also had to pack and get ready for my trip to California, which is where I am now. Uh, it was a lot to pack for because how do you pack when you know you're going to be gone for two months? And yes, you can always uh, replace certain things, but 
there, there are things that you know that you need. I have come with almost my entire computer set up, except for my microphone. <laughs> I also didn't bring my soundboard, which could also uh, account for the sound issues. Um, but I, I could not bring um, everything. I wish I had brought a second screen because only having one monitor is very weird when you are used to having two. Um, I had a bit of a dental issue. Uh, um, I have um, cracked a tooth and it caused a, a small infection that was extremely painful. Uh, it made me extremely uncomfortable. And it happened the Friday before I got on a plane to come here. So uh, I had an emergency dentist visit. He put me on antibiotics uh, so that the infection would go away. And then he gave me a regimen to follow uh, until I can get back there and have a full root canal and post and crown put on one of my back molars. Uh, so it has been less than great. Um, I will admit that I have some fear of people being close to me that I don't know, like I, like that kind of physical contact with those people that I don't know. It's something that I've dealt with, uh, but um, having someone like all up in my mouth <laughs> makes me a little scared. Uh, but I will get through it because it is necessary. I want to have a big, beautiful smile, and I want to have these teeth for as long as I possibly can. So that happened, and because I was in so much pain, I missed my dear Cam and Corey's Halloween party. I feel terrible. Um, I had my costume all together. I was going to be Wario. I had the ugly shirt. Um, I had the hat. Um, I had made the moustache. Everything was ready to go. I even had the gloves. Oh, God, I forgot I had the white gloves. I had everything I needed, but then... Um, I was in a lot of pain, and I, it was very uncomfortable. Uh, so I did not go, and I feel terrible that I missed them before coming out here. The flight was a delight. Uh, security was a delight. Surprisingly, it was a very easy day to fly. <laughs> and uh, I was able to get out here with, with little issue. Uh, but when I got here, I was greeted with hundreds of cars up and down the freeways, bearing Trump uh, banners and, and flags. And it was, ugh, nonsense. Uh, so it was a little stressful when I got here. Uh, I am in the room that I spent <laughs> my childhood bedroom. Um, I actually had this room through most of junior high and high school. And uh, if these walls could talk, they could say, oh, hey ho, you back. Um, Still alone, I see. Uh, thanks, bitch. Um, <laughs> she's had a makeover. She's clean. Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, it's been very nice. I've been uh, surprised at how comfortable it is um, and how easy I've kind of fit myself into the routine. Uh, I have to wake up at 5 in the morning here, uh, uh, Pacific time, so that I am ready to go for Eastern time. Which makes for a weird day because you suddenly are up at 5 a.m. It's too early to eat breakfast. So I'll have a yogurt. And then at my lunchtime, which is at 8.45 in the morning, 
when I would normally be getting lunch, I've been making breakfast. So making a couple of eggs and toasts and <laughs> I just bought bagels. Like, so breakfast is just going to be my big thing. <laughs> and then I'm off at two and I have the rest of the day to explore. And Riverside is the city that has constant change and then some things are exactly the same. Is there the same pit over there by the Tyler Mall that they keep talking about making low-income housing that sat there vacant for the last decade? Yes, but then there's also a Sonic on the corner. And then Cal Baptist University, which is right on the corner, is absolutely crazy. What started off as this small kind of Christian school has blown into this huge university. Every, I mean... It was a small little area, and then there were apartments on each side and, and buildings. Now, they have from street to street, like the whole block is the university, and they have been buying land across the street from the university, and they put these huge apartment buildings in. Like, it is, it has become a massive university. It's kind of exciting. Um I mean, exciting as, as exciting as you can be for a Christian university. My, my father went there. Um, I had no interest. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I really didn't. I apologize. I went to trade schools. And now I'm applying my trade. That makes me sound like a hooker. I mean, I... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I went to makeup school. I did not I did not go to a, f a formal four-year university. So, darlings, let's get into some two minutes of news. And then we will chat a little bit about the election, a little bit more. Uh, and then, uh, last time, darlings, I know that everyone has been so stressed. And then we will get into our main topic. Uh, and we will finish... <laughs> uh, we will finish our lore uh, for World of Warcraft darlings i know that some of you are excited about it some of you are not <laughs> okay so let's move on to two minutes of news you rock <laughs> two minutes of news yes buffalo new york to convert a steel mill into a film studio as tv film and commercials come to the area all my acting friends excited we've had two very sad celebrity deaths as sean connery dies last week at the age of 90 and this week alex trebek dies at the age of 80. promising her a special place in hell a montana woman has been sentenced to over 50 years in prison for selling a five-year-old girl to a man for sexual purposes bob sackett was recently voted off to show the mass singer where he played squiggly monster I didn't even know he could sing! We all know the federal election results, but in local elections, Sarah McBride makes history as the first transgender state senator for the state of Delaware. And Adrian Tam, an openly gay man, beat out the Hawaiian chapter head of the far-right terrorist group The Proud Boys with over 63% of the vote to become a member of the Hawaiian House of Representatives. Congratulations to both of you. World of Warcraft has cracked down on a controversial practice known as multi-boxing, in which a person has multiple accounts running at the same time and uses a software to mirror keystrokes, or as any other game would call it, cheating. The highly anticipated video game Cyberpunk 2077 has had yet another pushback to December the 10th, and as you can tell, I'm really pissed about it because I want to play it. A Texas dog accidentally shoots its owner after its paw gets stuck in the trigger of the gun that the man has tucked in his waistband. Don't they tell you that's why you're not supposed to keep your gun there? The highly anticipated film The Green Knight gets an R rating for graphic full frontal male nudity. And that's how you get me back to the theaters, everybody. Actor Johnny Depp is asked to leave the Fantastic Beast film franchise by the studio. And all I have to say is, eh. 
Deutsche Bank, which has loaned millions to Trump, is tired of the negative publicity and is rumored to be trying to unload the debt, trying to sever all ties with the Trump family. Then who will loan them money? Because no one else will. And speaking of the orange monster, the United States has had a record-breaking 100,000 new COVID cases in one day. Thanks for making us great again, loser. Two minutes of news! So darlings, let's go into the most important of the stories and recap some of the bigger things. Uh, I am really excited about the the film studio coming to Buffalo. I have so many friends who every time that there is any chance to become extras, definitely go out and audition for those roles. So I think it's a good opportunity, uh, and I anything good that happens to Buffalo always kind of makes me uh, uh, so happy. Um, Alex Trebek. And Sean Connery, I always kind of laugh because when I think of the two of them, I think of the SNL skit. And even though I know that's not those two people, um, it still makes me chuckle. Um, one of my favorite things that I ever heard about Sean Connery was um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. When that came out, there was... Uh, he, he was talking about the casting. He said he declined the roles of the architect in the Matrix trilogy and as Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. And those were both huge successes. So when he was sent this script, um, he's like, I really didn't understand it, but I didn't want to miss out. So he agreed to be Quartermain, which I think he was brilliant. And that movie had a lot of problems, but I don't think he was the cause of the problem. Uh, so uh, I think he was brilliant in that role. Um, and that always makes me laugh. And I actually enjoyed that movie quite a bit. Um, let's see. What else was there? Oh, God. Sorry, I'm like bouncing. This is what happens when you only have one monitor. You have to bounce back and forth. Um, that disgusting woman, I, I really have nothing more to say. She was sentenced to 100 years in um, Montana w Women's Prison. 50 years were suspended. Um, she's not eligible for parole for another 25 years. She's 43. I hope she never gets out of jail. Um, it's disgusting. You don't sell a, a child for that. Uh, you don't sell a child at all. And, and the fact that it was sold for sex is just, it's despicable. Um, <laughs> I, I will be honest. I went back and listened to some video clips of him singing. I didn't know Bob Saget could sing. So I, I was kind of excited. I thought his costume was fun. I am not a huge fan of the show. I, I, I like clips of it, but I find the judging, <laughs> as funny as they are, really stupid because they throw out these ridiculous names. Like, oh, it's Oprah. Yes, because Oprah's going to put on a costume and, like, really? Oprah? It's not, Oprah's not going to do this show. Or they pull out someone who... The whole point is that you're supposed to be surprised. And then they'll say the names of like professional singers. Oh, it's Lady Gaga. Why the fuck would Lady Gaga go on your show? She don't need your show. So <laughs> those always uh, that's the only reason. I only like to see the clips of them singing. Um, World of Warcraft. So for those of you who don't understand, let me. I can explain multiboxing a little bit better. Um, what it is is that a person has multiple accounts. So they'll log into each of their accounts, and then they have this software, um, this third-party software that allows them to, to mimic keystrokes. So if you do it on one account, it'll do it on all of the accounts. Um, and what the fear was is that what most people use that for is for gathering herbs uh, and ores and things, and it's, it's a way of 
making money. And honestly, what will happen is they'll go out and they'll um, use these multiboxers for skinning or for uh, herb gathering, mining, um, getting whatever they can to sell and taking it to the auction house um, in game, which drives all of the values of things down. So people who are trying to make money from the auction house to buy things in game are having the price driven down by these people that are using this method. Um, I, it's, it's never bothered me, but I mean, in other games, it's considered cheating. So uh, the fact that WoW let it go as long as it did, I'm genuinely surprised. Cyberpunk 2077, I have been looking forward to forever. I've talked about it on the show that they're going to have the option of multiple genders and genitalia. Uh, really customize character in, in ways that I've never seen. Uh, I am looking forward to this game and I, as soon as it comes out, I hope I will be able to play it. It's coming out December 10th. Um, World of Warcraft expansion uh, having just come out. Um, I will talk about a video game I just bought and started playing uh, that just came out. So um, I'm definitely going to play this game. Uh, and But I understand if you have to push it back, you have to push it back. Um, I don't know anything about the Green Knight. I know that the Green Knight is uh, a part of the um, stories of King Arthur. I, I know that's where I've heard that before, but I don't know the specifics enough to to tell you. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> anytime I hear full frontal male nudity, uh, I'm there. So, <laughs> uh, darlings, that is it. Um, I had a whole story about the Mandalorian but I realized that really wasn't news. That was just interesting facts about Mandalorian. Uh, and so I thought, for those of you who who are watching that show, I would just share a few of the interesting things that I saw, uh, uh, the, the things that I've read about posts that surprised me. And I had to go actually go back and re-watch the episode. Um, so this is definitely spoilers. So uh, <laughs> the bartender, uh, the not the bartender, excuse me, at the beginning of this episode, uh, the the alien with the one eye um, is is John Lake Wazamo. Um, I didn't recognize the voice, and I and going back now, I recognize the voice, but I wouldn't have recognized it the first time. So that really kind of threw me off. Um, and for the um, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm Tuscan Raiders. The Tuscan Raiders actually had a real deaf actor um, create the, the sign language for the Sand People. Um, so I think that that was a really cool, uh, interesting moment that he pretty much created a language for an alien race that hopefully will continue on. Um, now, I will admit right now, I have not been a fan. Oh, God. I, and I hope that none of you <laughs> have any ill will towards me. I've never been a fan of Timothy Oliphant. I haven't. He was cute in the Broken Hearts Club. Um, he was in Deadwood, which my niece was on on HBO. Um, but never been a fan of him. This episode was so good. He was so good. And I never found him attractive before, but he's kind of hot in this episode. I, I don't know if I'm developing a weird daddy fetish, but, like, he's giving a little daddy. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but the, the fun fact is that the uh, bartender from this episode is actually another star 
uh, actor W. Earl Brown, who was on the show Deadwood. So it was a little bit of a Deadwood reunion. So I thought that was really cute as well. So I'm going to leave that there, and we're going to move on. Let's talk a little bit about politics. I don't want to drag that out too much, uh, <laughs> other than to say it's over. Um, the, the election was called two days ago uh, for Biden. Um, I remember all week, at least once every other hour, checking CNN, checking um, MSNBC, uh, checking Yahoo. I mean, checking the news anywhere I could see it to see when they were going to call it. And it just, it just kept going on. And it was the same thing the whole time. Um, we've obviously all been there. We we're all living with the stress. And I kept going, Nevada and Arizona, come on, Nevada and Arizona. He lost Pennsylvania. He lost Georgia. Just keep going. We just need Nevada and Arizona. And then when <laughs> the fact that he won all four of them is truly, uh, truly amazing. Um, what I do want to give a shout out to is Steve uh, Kornacki over at MSNBC. Uh, first of all, he's been a trooper through this whole thing. I don't know how much he slept. It probably isn't at all. Uh, God bless him. But he's cute. He's he's very adorable. So I, um, I'm 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 in love. Hello. Uh, so I'm very excited for that. Um, this election I think was important. Um, I think that, and I hate to say this, and this is going to sound weird. I think that President Trump being elected president was important in that it pointed out a fatal flaw with our country in, in that racism still very much exists. Like, those people still exist, they're still out there, and they hid themselves away, but now they're very out and about. They're very forefront. Um, they're not afraid to be themselves, and knowing that there is that problem, we need to find ways of dealing with it. We need to find ways of, of ensuring that those people don't survive into another generation. And this is not me saying like they need to be killed. This is me saying that what you'll find is that with education comes understanding and it's clear that their education was lacking. Uh, so I just hope that the younger generations, those people that for some reason like Trump, um, will move past that and let us move on to, to some semblance of a new future. And uh, the fact that we have our first female vice president, first person of color as the vice president, female person of color, um, glass ceiling is broken. I mean, darling, to be fair, we, we should have had a female president uh, last election, but I won't, I won't go there. Uh, but I'm very happy for the two of them. And there are dogs in the White House again, and they're beautiful puppies. Oh, I'm so obsessed with the doggos. I love the doggos so much. Uh, so I'm so happy that there are animals again in the White House because, uh, uh, Apparently they sense evil, so Trump couldn't have one. So I want to talk about the new game that I'm playing. Um, <laughs> World of Warcraft comes out at the end of this month, and the next patch, the pre-event, is starting this week. Um, but I did buy a new game um, just so that I had something new to do, and it is a game that it's one of the three games that I've been looking forward to in the last few months. Um, I will say that one of them was Cyberpunk 2077, which kept getting pushed back, which is was always my first choice. Uh, my, the second game I was looking at was uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, because I love um, Vikings, and I was always interested to see 
what they would do with that. And the third one was one that surprised me, which was Watch Dogs Legion. So when I started playing the first Watch Dogs, I didn't like it. <laughs> and um, I, I thought the story was didn't make sense. Um, you were doing some weird things. I didn't quite understand it. I didn't like it. Then when I started playing part two, I fell in love with it. The story was so good. Uh, going around the world and doing all the different things was so good. It looked so fun. So when the third one came out, and instead of you... Uh, okay, I should, I should tell you a little bit about the story. So ultimately, Watch Dogs is a series about um, hackers that... Uh, best way to say this. Hackers, as part of a group called DeadSec, are trying to help tell people the truth about companies that use artificial intelligence and something called CTOS or Central Operating System, which is like this centralized computer network. Ultimately, it's hackers trying to help the world realize that these authoritative regimes are taking their information, using these softwares, using these smart homes and smartphones and all of this um, at, at the extent. You're losing your privacy by letting them have all this access and, and what they're doing with that access and how it actually is hurting you. So various hackers are going after these different companies. Well, in the setting for this game, this game takes place in the late 2020s, early 2030s, in a near-future London, where DedSec has been accused of planting explosive at various spots throughout London, and a company called Albion has come in, a private military securities group has come in to help stabilize the region and deal with DedSec uh, and they have pretty much taken control of London. They have complete control. Um, and it's it's trying to get the people of London to rise up and fight back against this force. So uh, where the original games had you playing as one character, where Legion uh, takes you in a fun place is that you can pick who you want to play as. And you can actually recruit people in based on your style of playing or based on what your need is. So I picked someone because I enjoyed the drones, like uh, the remote-controlled flying drones, the little spider uh, that you can like have sneak around. I love those. So I picked someone who is an expert at those. But then I realized like almost anyone can have those abilities, but then there are certain aspects that are good. So I have... I, I have converted an Albion security guard. So now, anytime I need to go into an Albion building, I send him because he is less noticeable than if a random, like, London punk walks into a security's office. I have a um, beef eater, uh, who is gorgeous, by the way. I'll share a picture. Um, he, uh, I converted him and I immediately stripped him down and put him in something sexy. Um, and uh, it took me a while to get him to, but he, so he, anywhere that, that a beef eater can go, any type of royal security, um, he can go into. And then um, I got someone from the local gang and a, a police officer. And like, 
it's ultimately like these people that want to take back their city from Albion. So you're fighting these people. You can have anyone. Almost anyone can be recruited. You even have like older people where if you want to have an older person who can't run, um, but she can shoot a gun, like go for it. Like that's it makes it really fun and it's kind of exciting. So I I have barely touched the story. I've just kind of been exploring and developing my skills. Uh, so I will definitely give you guys more about that and kind of tell you how fun it is. But I will post a picture of my sexy beef eater because uh, <laughs> I think he's gorgeous. Uh, but let's go ahead and let's wrap up uh, our uh, World of Warcraft uh, dive into the Second War, which has, I'm sorry, taken a long time. Uh, but I'm going to give it to you guys uh, and let's finish this out and get the story completed. Um, here we go. She's probably playing WoW or something. Job's done. Me not that kind of orc. So where we left off in the second war, the Horde has just lost the alliance that's been tailing them as they have made their way towards the elven kingdom of Quel'Thalas to help and get the aid of the trolls. Um, they have pretty much taken their sizable force into the elven kingdom. They've lost their alliance pursuers. And Zulaman, uh, which is the capital of the Amani trolls, the warlord uh, Zuljan enters the city, rallies them all, gets them whipped into a frenzy, and thousands of trolls stream out of the city to help the horde in destroying their elven enemies, long-time elf enemies. But other than that, there was a very little physical defense against this mighty horde. But what happened is that the mages began to notice that their spells were becoming less powerful. They were gradually getting weaker. And they found, uh, thanks to Gul'dan, that the source of the anomaly are these magical shield that was placed over Quel'Thalas thousands of years ago that anytime a foreign magic enters it will sap that magic of the power. Now, uh, Ogrim tells Gudan, you need to deal with this. I need my mages ready to fight. Now, these spells were cast from these giant runic stones. So Gul'dan says, we will do what we can to destroy these stones. But instead, you guys know Gul'dan can't do anything without getting something for himself. He has the storms. He has these stones quickly reduced from these large stones into what would be known as the Altar of Storms. Harnessing the power in the stones, Gul'dan was able to change ogres into a more powerful version of themselves. Now, in ogre society, there is the, the, the capacity of being born with two heads. If you are born with two heads, those make some of the best spellcasters in ogre society. So, uh, Cho'Gal, which was... Uh, Gul'dan's lieutenant, Ogre, um, he was the first to have a ritual done to him, which gave him uh, the two-headed uh, form, making him a more powerful magi. So now, these newly created Ogres were incredibly gifted in spellcasting, helped the Horde with having more power, and, obviously, supported Gul'dan. And anything Gul'dan can do to get power, he's going to do. With that done, the negative effects of the spellcasters uh, had been dealt with. They can continue along their path. Now, 
the king, who we all know from before, sent his token force to help the alliance, is sending out his greatest generals to try and deal with this massive horde presence to very little uh, effect. I mean, obviously, this is a massive horde enemy that is sweeping across the land. And there seemed to be little to no hope until the alliance arrives. Turalian with a large alliance army. Now, Turalian was not alone. He was also followed by Illyria Windrunner, who, as you know, is the elf that disobeyed her king to go and help the humans. Well, she goes to see her king and she throws at her king's feet a grisly trophy of a dead troll's head, saying that our greatest enemy has sided with the horde and you did nothing. This enraged the king to action and he mobilized the entirety of the elven war machine. Archers, rangers, uh, destroyers, uh, mages of all sorts. The Alliance lumber uh, mills were a result of the elves stepping into the fray and becoming part of this war. Now, a majority of these war efforts were led by Illyria's sister, Sylvanas Windrunner, the Ranger General of Silvermoon, which is the capital of the elven homeworld. Uh, Elven country. Now, Sylvanas is a name that anyone who's played World of Warcraft immediately knows. Uh, but for those of you who don't, she will later go on to be the head of many uh, her race, and then the head of an overall faction. I don't want to ruin anything for you. We'll definitely get to it. But she has lots of parts to play in the worlds to come. But now the war in earnest is going on with the Horde and the Elves. Because of this full Horde and the return of the Red Dragons, who had been able to be fully mastered by the Dragon Maw clan, the full extent of the Horde is brought to bear on this uh, Elven kingdom. And most of the citizens fled to Silvermoon City, where a magical barrier was erected that was impenetrable. It was powered by the sacred Sunwell, this epicenter of high elven power and culture. And it was an unbreakable shell uh, that nothing the Horde could do to get past. Now, Ogrim Doomhammer knew that this was going to take way longer than he wanted to waste to get past this shield, to destroy these enemies, and he was too impatient and didn't want to wait. He knew that the real objective is getting to Silvermoon and destroying it as quickly as possible. And to do that, he needed to get back into the fray. He cannot keep wasting his time up here in the north dealing with some elves that are not his main priority. Even though he had a pact with the trolls, he decided to break off the majority of the attack and to make his way back south towards his primary target of Lord Ron, going through the Alterac Mountains. Now, Zul'jin and, and the Amani trolls were, were not going to abandon the siege. They were vowed to destroy every single elf they could. And Doomhammer needed the trolls' help, but at the same time knew that this was a colossal waste of his time. He allowed Gul'dan to stay behind at Gul'dan's request to help bring down the shield and destroy what's left of the elves and then to join them um, in uh, their attack of Lordaeron, as well as the Storm Reavers, the Gul'dan's party, uh, Cho'gal's Twilight Hammer would also stay and help, as well as the Red Dragons from Dragon Maw. 
And here's where, once again, <laughs> uh, proof that Gul'dan is never to be trusted. Because the second the Horde army was gone, Gul'dan picked up shop, took his entire clan, as, long as, as well as the Twilight Hammer, and fled to his new target, the Tomb of Sargeras, that he had learned about in Medivh's mind and he wanted for himself. So he left. Now, the Dragon Maw clan sees this happen is like, oh shit. So he's like, I need to go and tell uh, Ogrim Doomhammer right away that Gul'dan has abandoned the Horde again um, and warn him that he's not going to get the reinforcements he wants. And of course the trolls were like, no, we're not doing anything. We're continuing our siege. That's why we're here. And they refused to leave. With all support taken away from them, the Alliance army, as well as the elves of Quel'Thalas, were easily able to subdue and deal with the trolls of Amani, who quickly ran back to their uh, capital. And the Alliance went in full chase against the Horde as quickly as they can. Now, unbeknownst, this, this, everything that happened was unknown to Doomhammer. He made his way south and then west, trying to get to the capital city as quickly as he can. And that is where true human treachery steps in. Because when he reached the Alterac mountain range, this formidable range of mountains that would take him directly to where he needed to go, he met with a king who had a deal. Now, Aiden Paranold of Alterac, the kingdom of Alterac, as we know from the first time we talked about this, did not become part of the Alliance. And he made a deal with the Horde. He would give the Horde safe passage through his mountains that would lead him directly where they need to go, undetected by the Alliance, if they can be left in peace and that the Horde would not attack them. Now, obviously, Ogrim Doomhammer is not an idiot. He quickly made the deal and he sent his forces through. And they made their way directly to Stormwind and immediately began the siege of the city as quickly as they can. Now, from the Alliance perspective, Lordaeron had no idea where the hell the Horde came from, how they got there so quickly, why there was no warning of their arrival, and, and a majority of their army was gone, and God knows where. They're doing everything they can to survive by getting everyone that they could to become part of the war effort. But when you've got a massive Horde besieging their capital city, even as bunkered down as they were, they knew that this would not survive if they didn't have help. And now is when things become very clear to everyone. Doomhammer turns and sees that the Alliance armies are slowly arriving. And as quickly as he's trying to siege, he knows he will never be able to breach the city, conquer it, and hold it with the Alliance armies in tow. And he also realizes that if the Alliance armies are in tow, that he has been double-crossed again. Because there is no way the Alliance armies could be there if the Storm Reavers and the Twilight Hammer and the Dragon Maw weren't back before them. So not only did he have this blow, the Dragon Maw clan arrives and gives him the confirmation that he's been waiting for. The Dragon Maw arrive from the east to say, Gul'dan has taken these clans, has abandoned the Horde, and they've left. And not only does he learn that, he also learns that the Alliance has learned about what the King of Alterac has done, 
and Stromgard's king, King Thoris Trollbane, has seized the kingdom and closed the mountain passes, blocking them properly. So now, this massive horde army, trapped in the middle of a human city, is completely isolated with no reinforcements coming, and the bulk of their magic users are now gone. And it's at that moment that Doomhammer, in his intelligence, knows there's no way we can win. Even if the capital city falls, there's no way that we can withstand the full power of the Alliance and hold the city and bring this war to a close. Doomhammer was so full of rage, so mad, but he orders a full retreat back to Cosmodan. He sends the Dragon Maw ahead to let everyone know, flee to Cosmodan, the horde forces that are still in the hinterlands, telling everyone, make your way back to Cosmodan so that we can try and salvage what's left of this war. He also sends the Black Tooth Grin Clan and gives them a special mission to pursue and dispatch Gul'dan and to kill him this time. No talking your way out of death. It's time for you to finally die. So now two things are happening at once. In the next few weeks, we have the Horde racing the Cosmodan as quickly as they can through these open territories, making their way as quickly as they can, gathering any Horde along the way and making their way back to this to take them. Now, obviously, when you're in a full retreat and you're running from the enemy, you're going to get tired. And their forces were getting weaker and tired because this was a full retreat. And the Alliance, obviously emboldened by this, spurred on their attacks. They went in and their navy retook uh, uh, ports taken by the Horde, um, and they continued to push south against the Horde as much as they can. Now, at the same time this is happening, across the seas, Gul'dan has raised the Tomb of Sargeras from the Great Sea, and he is going to get the magic demon power that he has learned about. It was going to give him everything he wants. But he was not anticipating that the Blacktooth Grin Clan is right behind him. When he reaches there, it wasn't the Blacktooth Grin Clan that finally did Gul'dan in. It was the guardians that protected the Tomb of Sargeras. These demonic guardians ripped him apart, completely destroying Gul'dan. Gul'dan was brought down by his own greed for power. But his clan and the Twilight Hammer clan are slaughtered by the Blacktooth Grin clan. And they began to make their way back as quickly as they can to the Horde territories to help the rest of the Horde. Now, this quick pace should have also been the detriment to the Alliance forces. But that is where the Knights of the Silver Hand proved to be invaluable. Because night or day, they were amongst the soldiers of the Alliance, soothing sickness, healing wounds, embodying what the Alliance stood for, which helped to make the Alliance continue to want to fight, to double their efforts to bring down this horde force. The Alliance eventually pushed back into Cosmodan and quickly retake the area. Now, the newly freed uh, Dwarven and Gnomes uh, are able to leave their cities for the first time in years, and they celebrate that by helping the Alliance with new siege equipment. In the end, the Horde has lost. They are without the strength that they had. They were falling apart. They were fleeing this ever-growing, ever-expanding, ever-more-powerful alliance force. 
and they flee to the only place that they truly had left, an area just north of uh, the former city of Stormwind. called Black Rock Mountain in the Burning Steps. Now, this mountain has its own history that we can go into. Uh, one of the Dwarven clans had accidentally summoned uh, the Lord of Fire from the Elemental Plains who took this mountain and created a volcano out of it, thus destroying most of the vegetation in the area. Now, this area is grim, but the Horde loved it because it reminded them of home. The War Chief knew that he was not going to get any reinforcements. The Dragon Maw clan and their dragons from Grim Patal had not arrived as he had asked them to. The Blacktooth Grin clan had not been seen um, since they were told to come back. Unbeknownst to him, they were destroyed by the navies of the Colteris. He had nothing to do. The end was here. He knew that this was going to be one final stand, the glory of the Horde, the last fight until they were all dead. He rallied his people, stoking their bloodlust, making them eager for the battle to come. And when it came, he knew right away what needed to be done. He needed to go straight for the leader. He needed to go straight for Anduin Lothar, supreme commander of the Alliance forces, and his death would demoralize the entirety of the Alliance and he might even just barely be able to get a victory. If not, he would die with honor, having gone straight for the source of his greatest enemy. Now this caught the Alliance off guard, and eventually the tactic worked, because the Supreme Commander Anduin Lothar uh, is now in battle with Doomhammer. Now, Lothar was large and powerful for a human, but orcs are significantly larger. But as warriors, they were on an equal footing. But eventually, Doomhammer was able to get this, the upper hand, slowly pushing Anduin back, further and further back, until he stumbled. Doomhammer shattered Lothar's greatsword in one great sweep, driving Lothar to his knees, and with one final swing of his weapon, the war chief crushes Lothar's skull, killing him instantly. And here is where you have this epic movie moment. So, the fall of Anduin Lothar immediately had the exact, um, the exact thing happen that wanted to happen. The horde, invigorated by this death, redoubles their efforts. The Alliance slowly watching, filled with sorrow and despair, watching their leader die. Until Turalyon, the Paladin Turalyon, one of the first Paladins, one of Lothar's closest lieutenants and friends, unleashes all of his holy powers, radiating pure light from his person. Turalyon blinded all those around him, bringing an immediate halt to the fighting. And instantly, the paladin retrieved the commander's broken weapon from where it lay, and he knocked out a stunned Ogrim Doomhammer, unconscious with one blow. He took up the mantle of commander, calling the allies to fight on, and even in such a dark hour, he invoked the memory of Anduin Lothar, pointing 
to how his commander had never given in to despair. Even in the bleakest moment, as Lothar's sons and daughters, it was the duty to carry on his legacy and fulfill his quest to rid Azeroth of the ruinous horde. Filled with a new sense of hope and justice to bring down this force, the Alliance quickly reform ranks and clash again with the Horde army. But the Orcish forces buckled under this siege. This fight was over at that moment, and the Orcs didn't fully know it. When they finally realized that there was no way for this battle to end, the Horde scattered in all directions fleeing anywhere they could, while the Alliance was sent to slowly round them up and to place them in what would be known as internment camps. These forces could not be sent home because they didn't know where home was. The Alliance didn't know where these orcs came from or how they got here, so they had to deal with them the only way they could. They put them away in camps where they could be watched and secured. Thus ending the Second War of Azeroth. In that spot, a monument would be raised to Anduin Lothar, with his sword held high in the air, and forever to remember that at that moment the Alliance beat the Horde in this epic battle. Uh, and that is it. We... <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot, and I, I will admit that it's it's a massive moment. This is a moment that lends itself to film, to be seen and experienced. Um, the game did it well, but this is a moment that just lends itself to those epic Lord of the Rings-style movies. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. The Second War uh, is only the next step in the chain of the histories of Azeroth. So we will see where we will go from here. But I'm going to go ahead and leave it here at this point. Darlings, thank you guys all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed uh, uh, the podcast. I, once again, am still playing with the sound, so we will see how it goes. I hope you um, can forgive if the sound sounds a little off. But we will figure it out. And Oh, I should have used the echo. Oh, I could have told that last section with the echo. It's, it sounds more epic with the echo. Yes. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the echo. I, I'm, I'm going to play with that. I, I don't know. Uh, so, darlings, I will leave it there. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will talk to everyone again next week. Bye. Okay, with the program, me has no one is so rich as to throw away a friend, you know how. Well, thank you so much, Chi Chi. You are exactly right, my friends and darlings. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Donna Sugar Show. You can download these episodes anywhere you can find podcasts online. And darlings, I love to hear from you. So give me a call at 716-236-8599. Leave me a voicemail, me at DonnaSugars.com, or find me online at Twitter and Instagram at DonnaSugars and on Facebook at the Donna Sugar Show Facebook page. Or find me on gemsociety.org slash Donna Sugar. That's the International Gem Society for all gem enthusiasts. Okay, fine. I was googling an amethyst because I find them beautiful and I found this and now I'm kind of obsessed. If you don't like it, buy me jewels and all stuff. That's the International Gem Society at gemsociety.org. Kisses, darlings. Bye.
And if you enjoyed this background music, check it out on Audio Library on YouTube. Just search Friendship by Declan DP. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com.